Hey, Supernatural family. This is Emily from Supernatural on the Rocks. We're so excited to tell you about Folklore Jewelry. Folklore Jewelry is eclectic, handmade jewelry made from metal and gemstones, and inspired by her love of folklore, mythology, poetry, pop culture, and nature. You can find amazing collections like her Bewitched Collection, which embodies everything there is to love about autumn and Halloween, as well as the Once More with Feeling Collection, which is, you guessed it, inspired from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Personally, I already own one of the Witch's Broom necklaces, as well as this incredible Sasquatch statement piece that speaks to my Pacific Northwest roots. You can check out these amazing pieces and more at her website, FolkloreJewelry.com, or on Instagram, at FolkloreJewelry. We're sure our SPN family will find something a little supernatural to indulge in. And Supernatural on the Rocks listeners will receive 10% off their order using discount code PODCAST at checkout. Uh, hello, welcome to Supernatural on the Rocks. I am Emily. And I'm Mandy. And welcome back to the Winchesters Weekly. This is season one, episode 10, um, Suspicious Minds. Very clearly an Elvis reference. Yes. I was going to say, I, I Googled the song. I didn't actually listen to it yet. Um, but I'm not a big Elvis fan, so I didn't catch that until I looked it up. You haven't watched the new Elvis movie? Um, I haven't. Wow. I know. Wow. You haven't want to spend three and a half hours listening to Austin Butler's new accent? Amazingly, I have not wanted to do that. It's a shame. Um, my, <laughs> my only bit of trivia about that movie is that the um, vocal and accent coach who worked with him on his Elvis accent is the person who worked with us on our movie. Oh. The, last, the last movie that I worked on in my former life. That's so cool. when I saw his name pop up about around um, Elvis, I was like, oh, him. All right. I know that guy. So that's my only bit of Elvis trivia on the Supernatural podcast. We are all educated now. Yep. Actually, uh, I'm educated because I know what movie it was. All the listeners just get to be real curious. Um, so this is the Winchesters. The rundown of this episode is while Carlos talks through a problem in his personal life, it gives Latika a new idea about how to find the Akrita Queen. Millie's new security system for the clubhouse provides, oh, proves helpful when Mary and John find an unexpected guest inside. Once again, this um, episode recap really burying the lead on the true A plot of the episode. Yeah. An unexpected guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unexpected. Not really a guest. <laughs> yeah. None of those things are true. Um, so what did you think of um, the Winchesters here? Um, I liked this episode. I'm, I'm very curious about where it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The last week and this week are the first times I've been really like excited to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Like excited as in like, hey, I want to know what's happening, which makes me sad that it, we don't get like full season runs anymore. I mean, on most shows, I'm a fan of like the tightness of like a 13 episode season, but since Monster of the Week are so iconic and like just fun, supernatural, you know, staples, mm-hmm. I wish we'd gotten more of those. Yes, I would love like, to just. As, yeah, as they're hitting their stride with like building the story and, and getting into the characters. It would be nice to see them just fighting something silly. Yeah. Yeah, that would Definitely. be fun. You do get a lot of character development in Monster of the Week episodes, too, when there's nothing like... I guess I'm thinking equally about the X-Files and the way like they kind of popularized mm-hmm. the season arc plus the Monster of the Week. Like When there's nothing big they're fighting, you get some lighthearted bonding moments. Yes, when the stakes are low, the character development is high. And I would have, yeah, I definitely would have enjoyed, like, the the combination of characters they could have done. Like, a John and, and Lotta episode. Yes. You know, that would be bonding fun. between, like, two of them that don't have main storylines together. Mm-hmm. And it's not dependent on them solving something yeah. critical. But, um, but, yeah, so a good episode. I really enjoyed it. But it is making me think, now that I'm into it, I wish they could slow down a little bit. 
Right. Because we, we got a little bonding of Carlos and Lada when they are mm-hmm. out kind of by the side of the road talking about Carlos's relationship with Anton. Yeah. But it's it's while they're on their way to do something critical and it their conversation mm-hmm. just feeds the plot point progression. Yeah. Instead of being kind of like a Scully Mulder conversation in the basement office at the FBI for the sake mm-hmm. of the conversation. And that's that's really what I crave in most shows. Yeah. Make me like the characters hanging out together. Yes. Make me like them. Make me want to see gift sets of them over and over and over on (laughs) screen um, without being worried about what's going to happen to them in the next scene. Yep. And we got, you know, John and Mary had a little moment um, where she has a letter from, they said KSU. I am assuming that is Kansas State University. I would imagine. Okay. I don't have a deep knowledge of the universities of the country, but um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that was Kansas State University and that she has gotten into college. That seems like a safe bet with the assumption. And yeah, college. Is this going to be another broken dream? I'm suspecting so. Yeah. Which is sad. I want to know what she wants to study. Yeah. She says in the episode she doesn't know yet, but like, that's a whole, I don't know. That's going to be a whole bittersweet arc if she uh, actually does start or go for a while. Yeah. And then has to stop. What's she into? Is it literature? Is it um, applied mathematics? Is it Mm -hmm. um, the beginning? uh, Have we begun computer science yet or no? 1970? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would think so. We got some computer science in 1972, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So maybe she's at the cusp of the computer science revolution. Um, maybe Working on those kinds of computers that take up an entire room. Yes, my dad absolutely helped install one of those at his uh, one of his workplaces. I've got photos; no. they're hilarious. Sideburns for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sad if we don't follow her her college progression of it. Yeah, because that's like a real world story intermixed with it's it's the um, the the parallel is Sam going off to school and how that gets cut short and the Um, fandom trope of he goes to law school and every fic of him as an adult in the AU is Sam's a lawyer. (laughs) Oh, I I purposely avoid uh, fic with with Sam. (laughs) Sorry. You see the character tag and you're like, exit out. Goodbye. So I I do have to say, because she applied to college, I was, again, very curious about how old she's supposed to be. (laughs) Like, granted, she hasn't done the normal trajectory. She was a hunter. So that doesn't mean much. But I did come across the fact that in Supernatural, she is 29 years old when she's killed by Azazel. So. So. And Dean is four. Yeah. Mm hmm. So she would have been 25. I mean, it, they may rewrite canon totally. But yeah, that would have made her 25. Okay. When she gets killed. Like. Sure. And well, and to be fair, we no longer know what timeline we're in now that Dean has gone back and is messing with things. True. So we don't know if we are in a circular um, time travel loop or if we are now in alternative yeah. time travel business. Um, and I did find um, Nerdist has an article that refers to her as 19 in the Winchesters. Okay. Which, in in which case, applying to college and the fact that, like, Dean being born would be, like, six years away makes a little more sense. But... All right. Yeah. I, I'm just... I'm, I know this is probably doesn't matter to anyone else, but it's constantly bugging me. Is she a teenager or is she, like, 24? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did ask this question yeah. several episodes back of how old is John Winchester? Yeah. I need to, we need to know. And frankly, Jensen Ackles has not responded to our inquiry. Uh, extremely rude of him. We are in a fight. <laughs> I think, is... granted, neither of us have gone to a convention to ask him. So maybe yeah. that's on us. But I just don't have the fortitude for that. How old is John Winchester in season one? Okay, so it says... In 1983, he would have been 29? No. Oh, in 1980. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I heard 
I heard the number and I saw 1972 in my mind and I was like, absolutely yeah. not. 19, what did I say it was? 83. 83. You know, so I that, he would have been born in 54, which I think is the conclusion we came to earlier. Yes. Um, which would make him 18 in this show in season one. Then I still don't know how he went. Well, no, we do know that he went to Viet. Or, yeah. Yeah. But he we was engaged he, beforehand. Was he engaged at 16? He might have been. People make dumb decisions. That's true. That's true. They do. And he, but he went, um, he lied about his age to go to war. Mm-hmm. But even still, how long was he gone? And uh, yeah. Okay. Mr. Ackles, <laughs> I need a timeline. This is, this is our own personal time loop. It's just finding out how old he was. You know how some people get bothered by like in, when hair length changes, like in The Wizard of Oz yeah. and Dorothy's hair changes? This kind of stuff bothers me. Like you didn't. It very much bothers me. I just I, want to know. I, I want just, like a concrete answer. Yeah. It, is it that vital to the story? Absolutely not. No. It's just aggravating. And like you said, the story has even left themselves loopholes. Like yeah. <laughs> just because they were a certain age in like season one does not mean they have to be that age now. No, no. Because if Dean is coming, is going back in time, yeah. is this the type of time travel that creates alternative timelines there where you ve- you veer off the original timeline and now anything, anything goes? Maybe Mary now no longer dies. <laughs> Who knows? What if that Sam be... is never born? What are, what, what And there's are... no Azazel. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Like, how would Dean and Sam be if they didn't have, you know, vaguely abusive, psychologically damaging single father John raising them? So they, I mean, you know, jumping kind of deep into the episode, it's basically near the end after all of this stuff goes down with, I mean, the main character. I hate to like jump all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. but um, uh, John and Mary have like a conversation about uh, love and... Um, how it affects you and how it can be selfish and all this kind of stuff. And and they're like, we're not going to be that way. No. We're not going to let it, um, uh, you know, love, is, they're kind of the, the bad guys of the episode. Um, what they had wasn't love. It was selfishness. And that's never going to be us. Like, <laughs> it's not going to be one of you. Yeah, it's not going to be one of you. And it's just like that, that deep irony. But maybe in this new timeline, she's correct. Yeah. Is Jensen just utterly rewriting the story or is the Winchesters just feeding us this idea that things can be changed, but really it can't and that we're all just going to end up right back where Supernatural started because uh, fate is the only ending and that free will is nonsense. What's the answer, Jensen? I hope there is a bigger tie-in like that. That would be very satisfying. Yeah. The Supernatural cinematic universe. Yeah. The only cinematic universe that I'm going to care about. Honestly, yeah so many questions which i'm glad that i have questions about this show because Mm -hmm. it makes me want to keep watching it and the fact that there has been no announcement about a renewal is frustrating it's very frustrating because i am i am getting the point where i'm like i will be sad if this gets canceled because they've set up some appealing mysteries Mm -hmm. unless it gets canceled and goes to hbo that would be that would be very interesting because dark winchester sounds appealing too. yes Oh, they could do so much with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fight scenes getting bloodier, things happening. I could I could be very into that. There was all that talk yeah. about uh, HBO Supernatural. So we could get into that. I'd be fine. So as much as I want it to be renewed on the CW, the freedom of uh, a network like HBO yeah. would be enticing. So, you know, for the, the episode itself here... Um, I kind of liked the cold open with the um, mm-hmm. the two women, the kind of um, the bait and switch of the women. There's a woman by her her broke down car yeah. and the other woman pulling up to help and um, asking for a ride and all that. And the one woman just bashes the other woman's head in with a yeah. crowbar. <laughs> kind of not the one you'd expect. Exactly. Because the okay. other one's all, you know, I can fix your car. I can like, fix your car. She refers to her husband as the Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Which, let's let's know more about their lives. Yeah. <laughs> they seem like they could be cute side characters. 
Um, but this woman also has accreta marks on her neck, even though it is 1957. Um, what is this, about 15 years before yeah. current, quote-unquote, current day? Um, giving us a reminder that the accreta have been in Lawrence for quite some time. Yeah. I, that, that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Just, like, how how far back it went. Yeah. I do wonder if it goes back even farther, but this is setting us up for our mystery man who arrives at the clubhouse after um, Millie sets up an alarm system, which uh, there wasn't one before. I feel like that was an oversight. Probably should have had one before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they had all this warding except for the one tunnel. But there was no alarm system to let people know when people were going in and out. Yeah. Troubling. Naturally, this alarm system goes off like 15 minutes after Millie puts it in. Couldn't even wait like a day. (laughs) It's uh, a little rude. But um, there is one Porter J. Hobbs, men of letters, who has infiltrated the clubhouse and has set up like a little tea time and alphabetized all the books. (laughs) It was very nice of him. He had a key. Yeah. But did you think that he looked like Richard Gere? Um, so I was immediately just very excited at who the actor was. So I didn't have a moment of that. Ah. I was just like, holy shit, it's Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> so yeah, my other thought after listening to him talk for a few minutes, first of all, I was like, did they really make him do a British accent? Because he's not British. Yes. So <laughs> No, wait, he is British. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the other accent that I was like, oh, are they really making him do? Which is getting a little bit ahead. Yep. Um, yeah, he's the one that actually is British. Niles <laughs> from The Nanny was not. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He had a southern accent. But yeah, um, I, I I, was like, I'm getting very Giles from Buffy vibes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Did you get bad vibes from him immediately? I got you... over-the-top vibes. Uh-huh. Like, I got... This this story he's telling is not the truth vibes. I think I didn't want him to be bad, but I was like, this is a lie on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I mean, it was weird, one, that he had a key that, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, because he was, in fact, Men of Letters, but he had, yeah. like, a really great story all prepped and ready to go um, about how he was recruited and brought in to do experiments on the bites of monsters and he was, well, he said he was the one to turn um, creatures into watchdogs to guard the men of letters locations, which did answer a question we had had a number of episodes yeah. back about, like, why the fuck is a werewolf guarding a men <laughs> yeah. of letters location? Like, how, what, who, why? So I guess they've been experimenting on monsters, which is a little fucked up. Yeah, that that was that was a little fucked up, yeah. And maybe raise some alarm bells like, oh, these mental letters are potentially super gross if they are running um, Dr. Frankenstein level uh, experiments on living creatures. Just a few ethical issues there. Yes. And we've, uh, especially in our Supernatural episodes, we've discussed like, is it monster or is it man? Like the Mm -hmm. creatures are not always evil yeah i mean sometimes they're just existing sometimes they're just out there living lives but he uh, porter j hobbs i think his name was a red flag for me (laughs) it is yeah (laughs) porter j hobbs uh he kind of monologues to john and mary that the um akrita were there during his time but the men of letters had somehow pushed them back into their their world but some had remained in lawrence which i guess is a hellmouth. i mean it must be it has to be because what's there yeah um including the queen and he has just been biding his time doing research on how to defeat them uh and i guess it's just like waited until today to show up and uh help which yeah. is questionable itself too like mm-hmm couldn't have booked that plane ticket a little sooner. No, he's just waited until John no. and Mary were alone in the clubhouse, which he specifically says. <laughs> like, and I, after all this time, you think John and Mary's like warning radar would go off a little sooner? You would think you would think they would have some of those like 
skills a little more honed now that that just like natural sense of something's not right mm-hmm. of well, course if they are 18 and 19 maybe they can be forgiven <laughs> their prefrontal cortex is still working on uh, yeah. the danger signals so hobbs has said that he can make some sort of neurotoxin that will defeat queen but he needs a creta stingers and he needs the muscle of hunters to get him yep. a human who is currently under a creta control so basically he just sends them on an errand for him to, yes. to capture. And they're like, sure, yeah. we don't know you, but sure. Guys, come on, ask more questions. You're just going to let this guy roam around the clubhouse after he, ma- he, he just broke in. And you haven't called anybody to be like, who is this? I feel like they should run everything by Millie first. Yeah. I know technically she's not the hunter and she wasn't involved with Men of Letters, but she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders. She She's didn't want to electrocute John to death. You know, she generally is like, hey, this seems dangerous when something seems dangerous. Yeah. Besides the weird flirtation with her potential in-law. Um, <laughs> God, no. Yeah, they, they should just run things by her first. Or at least Carlos and Lada. Yeah, like group think. Get a little, yeah. pass the idea around, see what percolates, see if any red flags go up. Uh, a little warning sign, maybe. But no, they're just like, stranger, let, let's let go out and uh, get Officer Jones, who's just out there leaving his Akrita life, and uh, bring him back to the lab. And I feel kind of bad for the human inside of Officer Jones. Yeah. Because he, he can't do anything. Him. Yeah. He didn't ask to be accreted. And nope. he also did not ask to be a victim of a experiment by a crazy person. And uh, so uh, Porter J. Hobbs is super excited to finish the work and take mm-hmm. back all that they took from me. And somehow this is what gets John and Mary to be like, hmm, interesting. So they start doing a little, a little research into this man and find out that he is actually one Jack Wilcox, a much less interesting name, yeah. who was kicked out of the Men of Letters. And this is when they get um, poisoned and knocked out. So they kind of had that coming for their lack of uh, preparedness. Yeah. They really they really dropped the ball on this one. There were just a lot of warning signs leading up to there, this. There were, there were a few red flags Yeah, that yes. they completely ignored. And I just, you know... I love these two crazy kids, but mm. um, mm, come on. This is where they really needed an adult in the room. So yeah. Jack Wilcox, formerly known as Porter J. Hobbs, uh, is now no longer British. He has a hilarious Southern accent. Uh, could use some work on that one. Yes. <laughs> that one's not good. It's not good. That's when I was like, wait, are they really making him do that? <laughs> sure are. Uh Mary is prepped for surgery because Jack has his comatose wife on a slab yeah. who's been like this since an Akrita attacked her, we're assuming, like 15 years ago now. Yeah, which also just seems weird. He's just been keeping her body He's on ice. He's been keeping her, yeah. Well, the things we do for love, right? Uh, yeah, well, maybe love. That's maybe. the whole conversation they have. Is is this love? Yeah. Um, Jack's plan is to transfer dorothea's his wife's consciousness into mary's young healthy body and then jack is gonna put his consciousness into john's body because now it's a sci-fi show yeah yeah that's very like stargate very star trek Mm -hmm. um not very supernatural Mm -mm. like again that's something that if were possible you think would have shown up before yes and this, I, this is the problem with this being a sequel to a show that was on for 15 years. They right. can't, I mean, they have to come up with new things, but also, like, would we have not seen something like that at some point? And, like, surely he was going to use, he had to use some sort of spell, right? There was not going to yeah. be a medical. No, there's uh, no way. No. Okay, yeah. I was thinking, like, how how is he planning on doing this? Um, and he was also planning on having John and Mary's consciousnesses riding around in the bodies with him. Yeah. 
but yes and he he has this crazy line of like there's no world worth saving without her in it mm-hmm. and we've heard um lines like this in media before of yeah you know why save the world if my one true love isn't in it which honestly that's such a you problem dude <laughs> that is a you problem let's think on a bigger scale because mm-hmm. he he says he will help them defeat the Krita, but his wife first i do we think he would have helped save the world and defeat the Krita once he uh, accomplished his plan I feel like no. I think he would have just taken the bodies and run. Just a hunch. He would have been like, holy shit, I'm 19 and or 24 again. (laughs) Time to go have fun. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What a crazy plan. And like, was Dorothea going to wake up in a body that's not hers and not flip the fuck out? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. 15 years into the future and just being like, what is going on? I'd be so pissed. Like you did what now? Could not. You, you killed who to do what? And then and then what? And then she leaves you, and now you're stuck in a body that's not yours, and you've killed people, and now the person that you did this for has left you because you're insane. Was it worth it, Jack? This is how supervillains are born. Yeah. And in a totally under and undeveloped plot point, he also has a golem. Yeah, that's also strange. A golem feels like a whole episode that would have been like a monster yeah. of the not to call a golem a monster because like there's a whole religious aspect to it, but like a a golem could have been its whole episode. It could have been, and if we had a full season, like yeah. a full you know even like eighteen or nineteen episode, that would have been kind of fun. Yeah, because I guess he needed something to keep John Winchester busy. But why didn't you just tie him up better? I mean, John was like, yeah. I, I'd like to give credit to the actor here because I think he's getting better throughout the episodes because he was super cute in this fight. Like he was kind of yeah. funny and he had a lot of good reaction shots during it. Um, but but why? Like what did the Jack here? Jack Wilcox had like a very Dr. Frankenstein situation happening. But it was a lot into one character. It was. I feel like that at least maybe like that deserved to be spread out over a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Let let a couple of things develop not at such a like breakneck speed. Yes, I agree. This could have been a fun two or three episode arc of them working with him thinking he's legit. Yeah. Especially if it seemed like they were getting a really good like mentor for their situation. Mm. Yes. Because, you know, her dad took the fuck off and Millie's amazing, but she wasn't part of it. Right. Having mm-hmm. like an adult figure who was with the men of letters. Yeah. Could have been really cool. That could have been very cool. And, you know, mm-hmm. you get the heartbreak of them when he does reveal that he's banana nuts. Yeah. That would have been a fun. Yeah. Rather than it's just five minutes later where you're like, oh, actually, he's not. <laughs> Also, the, the fact that he knew John's dad, the whole you're just like your dad thing. Yeah, let's draw that out. Let's yeah. find a little more about John's dad. Pretty good. Lost potential there. Yes. The episode wasn't bad, but like that could have been really good. Yeah, it was like a good episode, but it could have been a really great couple of episodes to draw that out. Because the, the glee problem is here, too, of, wow, that's a lot in one episode. You could really spread that out and give us some time on it just let that let that marinate a little bit so the feelings that come up are are deeper so maybe if you could just go back and redo that that would be that would be great because because a golem is like a whole ass episode on its own Um, maybe at some point they'll come back and revisit that and we'll get mm -hmm. a golem episode now jack being crushed by his own golem was funny because you've got like a nice poetic getting crushed yeah. by your own hubris and your own monstrosity. Yeah. Amazing. Great. I, I got the metaphor. Perfect. Um, and it was funny. And this, they, um, I'm assuming, so they, at the very, at the end of this, um, Mary and John are standing over a grave and I'm guessing the bones that they salted and burned were all of them. Mm-hmm. They didn't really, that's another one of the issues with the show is they move pretty fast um, and they didn't really explain the salt, the berry, what's the order? Salt, burn, berry. Yeah. 
I'm guessing yeah. it's the whole kit and caboodle here of <laughs> what they did. Um, but this is where they kind of talk about that Jack gave up. He says he gave up everything so that he wouldn't lose Dorothea. Um, but Mary counters that it wasn't love, yeah. it was selfishness. And you're like, mm-hmm. guess what John's going to do in seven years? Maybe something yeah. like that. Sorry about this ironic sadness here. I said this was ironic, right? This was I, this was irony. I think so. Yeah. The scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We went to school. We know what irony yeah, is. Absolutely. We've listened to Alanis Morissette. We know what it's not. <laughs> we do know what it's not, and therefore we know what it is. Exactly. That's how that works. Um, that's what an educational system gets you in the United States. I don't know what it is, but I know what it's not. Um, so, you know, that was that was kind of the... I consider that the the A plot. Um, and so Dean's voiceover is pretty close to the beginning. says, hunting and happy endings don't usually miss. And you have to ask yourself, how far will I go to get it? Is Dean going to end up talking about himself here? Like, how far is he going to get a happy ending? And is his happy ending yeah. Castiel? It better be. Is he rewriting the fucking fabric of the universe to get his angel? I mean, God, how amazing would that be if this just turned out to be the Destiel show? Like, it's a very far-reaching wish, but, like, if he was doing time fuckery, then we could have Cass as Cass. I hate to put on a clown mask, but, like, um, what else is he doing? (laughs) Yeah, this is true. What else is the point of the show other than... How I Met Your Mom and Dad. <laughs> like, we know how they met. What else is the point of a million-dollar show than the Destiel love story? So this is, what we, this is what we stay up at night thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And then we go to AO3, and we and think we, about it some more, but in thick form. And then it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you have to go to work soon. Yeah. Being an adult is hard. It sucks. And then you have to feed yourself every day. Terrible. Oh, that's the worst. And you have to do that until you die. And if you don't do it, you literally will die. <laughs> it just gets Spend worse. Too much money on Uber Eats. Mm, sushi. Actually, that sounds really good. So our our B plot here is that Carlos and Lada are out looking for ways to defeat the Akrita as they tend to do. Yep. But uh, poor Carlos is distracted because he cannot stop thinking about Anton. And he's kind of bad with guys. He seems to be really bad with guys. So his he can't stop thinking about him, so he decides he needs to break up with him. Yeah. Yeah, his reasoning was no. terrible. Yeah. Carlos, buddy. Yeah. You okay. And I think he was trying to reach for kind of a similar um life is bad for hunters, so I don't want to get into something that I'll eventually have to get out of mm-hmm. reasoning, but like, dude. Um yeah. it's been like a week, two weeks. You don't need to have the let's break up because my life is dangerous for you conversation yet. Yeah. And if anyone tries to hurt Anton because of Carlos, we're coming for you. Oh my God. Yes. Carlos or Anton and his ugly sideburn sideburns do not need that. No, not, not allowed. Uh, This is an anti sideburn podcast. Just so you know, sideburns are awful. They're hideous. I know they were big in the seventies, but that doesn't mean they weren't bad. So shave them off. If you have them, stop it. Um, So they're out. I kind of just looks like they're driving around. I'm not sure that they have a destination in mind yet, but um, Carlos's uh, pining does give Latika a eureka moment of wanting to get someone who was freed from the Akrita to see if they still have the memories from their time while they were under the Akrita spell, which brings us to our long lost Rock and Roxy. I I did not expect to see her again. I didn't. Yeah. I, I think I saw her name on the IMDb when I looked it up last week. Mm, mm-hmm. So I was a little spoiled for that. Um, I was yeah. just trying to find out what the name of the episode was. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I like that she came back. I did too. I always kind of like the acknowledgement of the human behind the, you know, possession of whatever form it takes. Yeah. And that the people involved in these monster stories don't just go away. Yeah. Like she experienced a trauma and she has to now deal with the consequences, even if the hunters have moved on to the next thing. So she, um, you know, again, Carlos is the one who talks to her and they're kind of explaining that her nightmares are not 
visions. They are real memories. And she agrees to help them try and track down the Akrita queen and like the location where all this shit is going down. Mm-hmm. And in return, Lada promises to help her forget everything because Ladika has been um, mind melding with Tony. And is... they, are, they are very liberal with their suddenly this character can have this skill. Yes. She has been like seeing Tony, the Ada's half Jin son in her dreams. And they've been like, I don't want to say dream walking because I don't think that's what they're doing. But he has been teaching her kind of different meditative skills and like ways to access people's memories and then erase them, which is, I guess, super convenient for this episode. Just like men in black it whenever they need. Yeah. And maybe this is how they don't leave a trail of people who know absolutely everything about hunting. Yeah. I guess. Um, I would like to know more about how Lada and Tony have just been hanging out in dreamland together. Also, that's a premise for some fic scenarios that I'm sure someone is already writing. Oh, absolutely. And if it's not, you should get on that. So poor Roxy kind of has to go through this process of reliving the Akrita taking over her body, which I'm sure sucks. But um, she tells them that the queen is underground. And they somehow manage to find the location based on Roxy's memories. Yeah, Um, that seemed easy, but you know. Yeah. I just have to assume they drove around for a while that we didn't see. Yeah. Or no, I guess they used a map, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Those exist. Who knows? They Googled it. (laughs) They Google mapped it. Um, So, you know. And and Roxy also opts to keep her memories of the Acredia. Acredia. Acreda. Um, Because, you know. Hopefully she also will be a lasting part of the show because she's cool. She is cool. And she. Happy. Yeah. And she adds to the queer count of the show. Because she mentioned she had a girlfriend. I love that casual, um, that situation where it doesn't have to be like the the token character. Mm-hmm. Just more casual queerness. Just out there living life and not getting offed in the only episode that they're in. Yeah. So good for you, Roxy. Very good. That was uh, a close one. But you made it. <laughs> it was a close one, but whew, you made it. So they, uh, Carlos and Lada opt to go track down the abandoned construction site by themselves. <laughs> like, why is nobody calling backup? These do not feel like situations where you go as two people when you have four available to you. I guess one reason is they literally can't call backup. <laughs> why don't they use their iPhones to text yes. for backup? I guess, I guess in their defense, it would actually be much less convenient if you don't know where someone's at. You don't have a way to reach them. Yeah, I just feel like Still. they could be using walkie-talkies. Yes. I mean, surely there's some kind of magical communicate with each other device. Yeah, if they, like, if, if the one guy was going to put his um, consciousness into the body of someone else. Yeah, then they can do can't a they have? Bill. Yeah, can't they have like little uh, boxes that they can talk into where they're like, tin cans that just go over long distances surely they're gonna find that in the men of letters bunker somewhere yeah little communicators that that would be funny and i'm sure we would hate it at the same time like what a stupid thing yeah um but they uh they confirm that it's the right location because they see the woman from the lab who was collecting up all the monster essence i'm glad they pointed out that that's who that was because i did i had forgotten oh yeah i had no idea I was like, thank you for identifying her. I did not remember her. Um, At some point in this episode, we had also seen a group of Akrita, including uh, Dickbag Kyle, who had gathered together to discuss the hunter problem. And they have yet another photo of Dean Winchester getting out of the Apollo in the 70s. And the Akrita queen would like to eliminate him. Yep. So we're definitely getting some like full on Jensen, right? Like I'm hoping they also say that he's the reason that Mary's group got together. Yeah. That was foreshadowing too. Yeah. Like how long, how far back in time did this bitch go? (laughs) 
Jensen's just like, however far it takes. <laughs> I went all the way back to creation and I yep. made Castiel. <laughs> I needed him to be there. Um, so now Dean is on the hit list, even though he's not supposed to be born. And it's supposed to be Sam on the hit list. But not the Akrita hit list, the Azazel. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what this show is. It's all very confusing. I I almost feel bad for someone trying to watch this, but then it's like, you opted into this. Yeah. You did make this choice with us. I mean, Um, I would love to hear the thoughts of someone who didn't watch Supernatural and is watching this. Like, how much translates? Yeah, that would be very interesting because you wouldn't have any... I mean, I'm assuming that you would recognize Jensen as Dean, right? Like, maybe not. not. Surely, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just, maybe there are people who are watching the supernatural who have no concept of supernatural. They don't, like if the, if any of the actors have a big enough fan base from other projects, I could see that happening. Is, is anyone coming from the boys to watch the Winchesters? <laughs> that would be some culture shock for them. <laughs> but, but there are no dicks on screen. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. What else would anyone be coming from? The rest of the actors are so young. Yeah, they are. Hmm. Speaking of the actors, um, are we never getting Ada back? Is she just gone now? I don't know, but I don't appreciate this shit. I don't either. I loved Ada. Just get random mentions of her and yeah. uh, Samuel out doing their thing. Like, where? <laughs> doing what? <laughs> yeah, Not- I was going to say, are they going to come back and be like, uh, Mary, meet your new stepmom? <laughs> I guess they're the right age, though. They, Yeah, I, I think they would be. If Ada's got a grown-ass son probably less awkward than Millie and Samuel. Yes, that would I, yes, Jensen, please don't. Um yeah, I mean, she better come back because she is the most powerful of them. And I, I hope really be using her help right now. Also, she probably would have been like, what the fuck? Don't let that dude in here. Right. Unless uh, is she just going around the country gathering demons into plants? Mm, come back with her whole garden. Maybe she was just tired of hanging out with teenagers. That could be cleaning up messes. I mean, couldn't Ada just fix the box? You would think. Did she even try? Or was Millie like, no, I got it. I'm a mechanic. She's too powerful. That's why she had to go. Yeah. I mean, I do actually think that might have been it. Yeah. The writers were like, wait. Hold on. We can't make this too easy. And we made a very capable character here. Mm-hmm. They gave her too much XP. Yeah, they had to nerf her a little. <laughs> She's rolling 20s and then she's got to go. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate, but I do hope she comes back. So we, oh yeah, Kyle. <laughs> Fucking Kyle. Fucking Kyle. Um, uh, he's, you know, taken yeah. care of now. Well, I mean, he is, but he has caused a bit of a problem. Yeah. He has shown up at the Winchester garage in order to frame John for his murder. Yep. And he's gone so far as to write journal entries about, like, John being an angry, jealous asshole who is mad at him for going on a date with Mary. Yeah, I mean, he really framed him. He he really set it up. He went hard. Um, And he, like, called the cops ahead of time so that they would show up not only right as he stabbed himself, but also as Millie opened the garage door. Yeah. So there's just a whole tableau of um, John holding the dying Kyle as his mother gazes upon him and the cops show up. So, so yeah, would... and that's that is what the episode ends on. So we're gonna have a fun uh, fun next week of figuring out if he's gonna go to you know prison, jail. It's it's good that Lada has just now figured out how to erase memories from people. Oh, that is okay. That's very convenient. I wonder if she'll forget by next week. <laughs> she'll have erased her own memories. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad we don't have Ada here to overpower the cops. Or like, who's, bail him out. Or bail him out. Because, like, who's going to miss Kyle? Yeah. Is Kyle even a real person? I guess he is. Betty's going to miss him. Fucking Betty. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the side characters are actually causing issues. Yeah so that there are real world consequences happening but then it, it's also like this asshole yeah i did not like him nope i wasn't sad to see him die but you are right it, it is it is good that they're actually um 
Now Betty better have more to do too. Mm -hmm. I still don't want her to die, but I would like her to have, you know, more to do. Yes. There are, there are stakes here um, because it is the, that Kyle was being controlled by the Akrita. It's not that Mm -hmm. there was a, um, a sad little boy out there who was so jealous. So by do we one think, date. do we think the whole reason he went on the date with Betty is because he was controlled by the Akrita or, I mean, not I Betty. Um, I think so. Mary. Like that was a whole setup from the start. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think he was. Yes. Yes. I can buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all a setup, which like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, it sucks for Mary, but it, you know, it's not like she went back for a second one. Yeah. She didn't seem too super no into it. No, she was not uh not too cut up about it. It was a, you know, it was a filled up episode. Yeah. I think, you know, as we said, it could have um stretched across, you know, you could have had yeah. the It would have been good good multi part episode. Yeah, I think you could have had the rock and roxy and the kyle shit and all that and then stretched um what's his bucket Mm -hmm. across a couple episodes to to do that mr sheffield porter j wilcox jack j hobbs whatever whatever you want to call him Uh, because now he's just dead and now john's not going to know what he knew about his father uh, and he can't import you know, any more information about the mental letters, except that they have been around and that they apparently fought the Akrita before and won ish one ish. So maybe there will be more information hidden in the ever expanding archives. So I guess they better get reading. Yeah. They gotta start pulling some, some textbooks out, some all nighters, doing some homework. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think that's all, all about all I have for this episode. Yeah, there was some trivia on one of the um, the fandom pages that in another Supernatural episode, it was said that the Men of Letters were wiped out by Abaddon. Huh. Um, but mm-hmm. then Sam was told that Abaddon was just a hired gun. So it might be that the Akrita were the ones to hire Abaddon. That could be some retconning. Yeah. To include the Akrita, but like, I guess we'll just. Okay, that could kind of work. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this all rides out. Yeah. Well, we'll let that slide for now and see how it, how it rolls. But yeah, that is, um, that is suspicious minds. I feel like maybe there could have been more suspicious minds in this episode. Yeah, they, they weren't suspicious enough. <laughs> they, were, they were not. <laughs> they were decidedly lacking on suspicion <laughs> in their minds. They were lacking in suspicious minds. I mean, maybe the song choice here is about the lyrics in Suspicious Minds, but the title mm-hmm. uh, could have used some, I don't know. Yeah, could use a little work. Let's let's uh, let's stop letting people into the Men of Letters without asking them for ID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just card them at the door. <laughs> check badge maybe numbers. Check their bags for any um, d- almost deceased wives. Yeah. Yeah, where was he keeping her? How did he? The... Yeah, exactly. Like, was where... she in the morgue the whole time, and they just never opened the drawer? Do a quick room check. Oh, oh, that's creepy. What? Like, where was he keeping her? Wouldn't that have been weird if she had just been in the bunker the whole time and they just that's never crazy. checked? It's giving very like Yanto from Torchwood keeping Lisa in the <laughs> bunker. Ah, <laughs> uh, gross yeah that's pretty gross you know we're coming up on valentine's day and um i don't know much i don't i don't do that but like i can offer advice to anyone listening and that is don't keep people on ice no it is not a romantic gesture it's not you Um, may think it is but it is not it no it's never romantic no bringing like sewing different body parts together to bring your loved ones back not not it it's not good chocolates exist and they're good just (laughs) stick with the classics yeah flowers reincarnate them Mm -mm. reincarnation um killing someone to like 
give your loved one a second chance. Not good. No. It's not it. So I think that's what we can offer you at the end of this episode yeah. is like worldly advice. Some, some sage advice from mm-hmm. us to you. From us from us to you, from our hearts to yours as Valentine's Day approaches is um just let it go. Yeah. That's not that's not what you need to be doing. Um and maybe maybe don't follow Jensen Ackles on this one. Yeah, no. Just just let it let it slide. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. I- there's another break coming up oh it's actually after this one we've got uh the next episode isn't until the 21st so we got a little time um until we come to our next run uh our final run of episodes here so be uh be interesting to see how these last episodes play out and uh how we get john out of jail here and exactly when jensen shows up (laughs) in more than just photograph form Yes. One of the upcoming episode is The Tears of a Clown, and that feels pointed towards the fandom, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Like, we know we're clowns. You don't have to, yes. you don't <laughs> have to say it to us. We're aware. We're aware. So thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, appreciate it, as always. You can find us on uh, line at Supernatural on the Rocks. And if you want to support the pod, you can do that at patreon.com slash glee on the rocks um, to find all sorts of bonus content about us and fandom and fandom topics ranging from this to that. <laughs> yep. A little bit of everything over there. A little bit of everything um, to keep you busy. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Yep. Goodbye. You've been listening to Supernatural on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts, who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and more at SPN on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash glee on the rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes, deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and more. So until next time, this has been The Road That Was. Mm